Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball midweek episode, and we've got a lot to discuss. Trev is still gone, so we brought in the reliever, Jerry Levin. Let's do it. Hello. Welcome to Talking Baseball, presented by SeatGeek. My name is Jimmy. Jake is in the office, BBD behind the dish, and we have Jerry Blevins in the middle of your screen, filling in for Italy Trev. Why wouldn't you put this in the middle? Yes. (laughs) Need it. I like it because we're all the same height on the screen, and that's a beautiful thing. I am going to derail the episode right away from the plan we just set forth. Huge. When I said we're bringing the reliever, you guys both did the, you know, bringing the lefty arm motion as a reliever. Did you ever even see the, um, the, your manager, like do that motion? Yes. Uh, yes. In fact, there's a good story in, in Comerica. If you've ever been to Detroit, I was warming up. So we had a spot, uh, Blev, you get warm. I was with the A's at the time for the lefty coming up. Uh, Ziggler, you get ready for the righty who's up in two hitters. Uh, so the lefty comes up. It's a long jog in from Detroit. Uh, it's like a you know country mile. We're out straightaway center field. So I'm jogging in. I get past second base and he goes, no, 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 no. The righty. <laughs> so the bullpen coach had Sig told me to run in. So I couldn't see told me to run in. So I went around, I get past second base. He says, not you. It is the lefty coming up, but uh, you're so bad at your job that we don't want you. <laughs> so I had to circle all the way back around, give, gave my second baseman a high five on the way back to the bullpen and sat down. And I'm still angry at my bullpen coach for airing me out there uh, to this day. That is rude. Is that just, <laughs> so that, is that just all for show? No, no, it usually does signify, especially if you have double barrel. It's but it's, they have to do that because you because the bullpen coach is usually forewarned. I don't know. I guess I just never so yeah, really... yeah. You're you're given a scenario on whichever one, and so but if there's two warming up, you go yeah. I want the lefty. You know, I think Peter. So it would be all right. The lefty goes in. Well, he went righty, but the scenario was the lefty was up, so you go in. So I'm throwing. The bullpen coach goes, he's you're in Blevin. So I just assumed I was in, uh, I was wrong and embarrassed on national TV and for also in front of 30,000 people that let me hear it in the bullpen, which I'm all for. Is it more fun to warm up in the bullpen with a guy next to you? Uh, no, I mean, there's, there's like a back and forth. It's as long as you're in an actual bullpen, it's fine. But when you're on the field, like I was in Oakland, and you let a ball go behind you and then the, the game has to stop and they have to call timeout. That's when it's the worst, but it doesn't matter. You can warm up by yourself whenever, as long as they're a guy that can, that can catch the ball. And, and if you throw one wild, it doesn't stop the game. You're fine. Okay. One more question. Cause I just thought of it. Say, say um, you and the closer are warming up, right? in case it's a save situation or a blowout, but you, you started warming up first. So the main bullpen catcher was catching your session, but Oh wait, we just scored three runs. So now it's a three run game. We're going to get the closer up too. Is the main catcher now jump over? Like, is it a tiered system or is the backup backup bullpen catcher 
it's a tier it's a tiered system so if the you know there's a pecking order if the if this closer needs to get up uh he's going to unless i'm already going in and then he's following me it's about me but if the closer gets up and if he wants that side of the mound I'm going to bump over. I'm going to lose. I'm going to throw to myself, a trash can, whatever the case okay. may be. And you could lose your catcher. I, I oftentimes you do. Yes. Because the, this, this, the, he gets a lot of time. So you'll, you'll be switching. Yeah. There's definitely a pecking order. I don't know about today's game in the last couple of years, because I haven't been out there, but I imagine it's still pretty much like there's a guy that he's comfortable with and he needs to be ready to go. Okay. Thank you for answering my question. Jake, how are you doing? Hey, guys. Uh, what's going on? I, you know what? No Trev, no Jake. Let's just make it easier for both of you. No, Jim, I, I, I need you to do what I've started to do is start a group chat with Jerry and Peter, and whenever you get a bullpen question, you just let it rip. That's like that's a top three late-night Stony Baloney Jake activity these days. Um it's usually if has there ever been a bad egg in the bullpen? Do you guys have to deal with that? Because you got to spend three and a half hours with them in the pen every day. Uh, and then the other one I had recently was like, man, that juice when that bullpen phone rings. Oh my god, I I love that, and I just love having Jerry. He's like John Boy Media's. I was going to say muse, but that's the wrong word. Like, Jerry brings inner peace to everyone at John Boy Media. And Trev's always shitting on pitchers, and I always have to depend. I defend the pitchers, and, you know, so I'm glad to have another pitcher here. And even giving Brad Ziegler a shout-out early, what a career he had. My goodness. Wow. Unlikely. That's a, his, his story is wild, you know, from just discovering submarine and then the way he started his career, but Trev at least gives some love to the bullpen guys yeah, because we had to lace our cleats up every day. It was a different lifestyle. Uh, so he, he doesn't mind a, a bullpen guy, but I'm sure he just, he secretly, he loves being a starting pitcher because we've seen how good he is on the, on the mound of a blitz ball game, but uh, he, he, he appreciates relievers on a different level. A lot of envy for starting pitchers out of Trev. Yes. But he has poisoned my starting pitcher well as well, as has Garrett Cole's. Just the way he goes about being an, an ace. Tooth, give me CC. I'll defend starting pitchers if CC's my ace again. Yeah. You you want a guy that's that's got guts and it goes out there, nothing phases him. He could just do whatever he's got to do, like Scherzer does. There's no four minutes you have to wait that he's angry instead of like complaining. He's just like, all right, no more first pitch. Like you're out. I'm, I'm on. That's like uh what this closer does to me in the bullpen when I was warming up, like this is, this is my mound and catcher move along. That's what you want. Yeah. Me yes. too. Me too. I don't want a starting pitcher. I don't want an ace to tip his hat to Vladdy when he blocks an O2 curveball down the right field line. And for a single, and he tips his hat and says, "What? What could I have done? Great swing!" It's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you, Jer. Let's let's talk. We're going to talk everything with you. We'll talk some New York Metropolitans. We'll talk life. Uh, maybe that's maybe that'll be our final segment today. Life advice with Jerry Blevins. Um, all of it is brought to you by Seat Geek. Um, if you haven't been using SeatGeek, well, I've got good news for you. Start using it. Go see Jerry Blevins' as Mets. Go see Jerry Blevins' uh, Oakland A's, maybe. Uh, on the road, maybe go see them. Um, but if you haven't used SeatGeek before, they are giving you promo code TALKIN, $20 off 
your first Seat Geek order. Uh, or you could go see our Yanks, or maybe you could go see both of them in the Subway Series this year. That's Seat Geek code talking twenty dollars off your first Seat Geek order. Um, Jerry, the uh, a you know how's Shea Station going? How are the Mets? Um, what do you love about this team? The vibes seem immaculate right now. Uh, give me everything, man. I want to start with Shea Station. Uh, I feel like we're starting to get into our groove here. We're getting really good, like community feedback. We've got like a, a, a pretty good loyal listening group that we're able to like bounce ideas off back and forth. We're getting uh, into the swing of things and it's so much more fun when the team's playing well, because we started last year, right when the team was just taking an absolute turd of a dive. Uh, and so we're trying to, you know, Jolly and I are both kind of positive guys. And so we're talking about this team's 13 game road stand or road trip that just buried the season is like our first, you know, month in the game. And so, uh, it's much better now we're, we're off and rolling. We got studio, the uh, number two. So we feel like we have a home. Um, it's good, man. It's going really good. As far as the Mets, anything you want to talk about specifically? I mean, I'm a sucker for anything Alonzo, uh, uh, anything Alonzo. And I, I know him and McNeil were, your guys' words, not mine, nerding it up the other night. But no, I mean, it's just, it, I I love hearing about any any sports team's world. You end up finding out different stuff you don't know, but um, uh, especially the Mets. I mean, obviously Scherzer, the electric start, they're winning games. They're avoiding losing streaks. They're avoiding losing two in a row, which is insane. Um, and we love Buck. So I guess, and if, if, if I get votes, it's anything Peter Buck. Okay. That's awesome. Because that's, those are two amazing things to talk about. So you know how the Mets, you, you coined the phrase, Jake, the, as Metsy as it getsy. I mean, that's a thing because there's a feel like every the 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 other hand is gonna fall, like something's bad's about to happen. But with Buck Showalter at the helm with this with this new front office and Billy Epler with Uncle Stevie, you know, with the deep pockets, it just feels different. And it has for a long time. It doesn't feel like your typical Mets team that's gonna have some type of collapse or they're gonna do something stupid or silly. Uh it just feels like whatever the day is going to bring with Buck Showalter at the helm, you're going to be steered in the right direction. You're still going to play a proper brand of baseball. They're going to play 27 outs and they're going to fight, man. And that's, that's the key uh, for what, what he brings. He's always aware. He keeps his, all the players are like always paying attention and, and they do weird things like that run. They tried to appeal third and they stole second, like little stuff like that that you pretend to pay attention to in spring training as a player have already been employed. Like they've picked a guy off at second base. That's rare that the Mets never do. That always seems to happen to the Mets. Uh, so it's just a better feel. So, so he brings Buck Showalter brings like a steady presence. So no matter what happens, he's going to be like, everything is okay, guys. We're, we're going to focus on today's today's game. So that's good. And then, I can talk polar bear all day long. You know, Jolly talked about, you know, he's the, he's nerd. I call him a goober. <laughs> I always bring up what Jimmy talks about with him and he's earnest. He's yeah. like, he's not cool, but he's also very cool because he does the coolest yeah. thing in all of sports, which is just mash homers. Yeah. And he does it in a style. that's like a throwback to like Jason Giambi days 
to where he's going to play an adequate first base, but he's just going to hit home runs and, and drive in runs. And it's so valuable on this team that doesn't have a ton of power. They don't rely on the long ball. And so he's like the big man on campus for sure. So I, I love talking both of those guys. Pete Alonzo is Pete Alonzo. Uh, and that is the the big guy in, in Little League who hit home runs. And everyone was like, I mean, it's just because he's big. Like, he's going to grow out of this. But Pete never grew out of it. And he's not, like, incredibly bigger than everyone. But that's still kind of like, I just, I just going to go mash. That's what his vibe seems like to me. He cracks Shake and I up in a in a half in a half maybe rude way, but half like actual loving because he's like he just raps to himself in between pitches sometimes. I, I love it, man. He does. He'll just be what's the what's the word he says when he's pounding his glove? DM. 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 I'm doing that, a breakdown on Alonzo right now, and you know he steps out in between, and he's just like like nodding his head like he's rapping to himself in between pitches, which is what he did in the home run derby. Yeah. He's fun to watch. I uh, I found some really interesting stat on Pete Alonzo, which is for the league as well. It's a breakdown that probably will be out before this episode airs. He got hit in the hand the other day. Uh, Jordan Hicks was trying to bust him up and in with fastballs. And I was for the breakdown audience, which major- vast majority don't even watch full games, trying to just explain like it is very hard to hit an up and in fastball. If the pitcher's throwing, it's a right on right, left on left, especially if it's really above 95 miles per hour. So I was curious and I wanted to see how many hits Pete has on. It's called zone one, that quadrant in the zone uh, up and in 95 plus fastball zero in his career. Zero at all. Zero at all. Uh, wow. never, never recorded. So, I mean, you have Jordan Hicks on the mound. Obviously, Yachty goes fastball up and in fastball like three in a row. They end up hitting his hands. Not a knock on Pete. It's really hard to do. Uh, he, I mean, he's got a 555 slugging on fastballs career. So, he's not really having spot. trouble with them. Yeah. Yeah. You better yeah. hit your spot or, or otherwise you're going to hit him. Yeah. Either was, way. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. You think he would just kind of run into one every once in a while, especially knowing that that's their approach that he would have to cheat uh, and get a, you know, get a turn and burn on one, but you're you're playing with the, you know, the results of the pitch location a little, like I'm sure he might have one that was a little high out of the zone or a little like a ball technically, but high and inside that he might've done that too. But yeah, I just was like zero. Wow. That's yeah. That's a, that'll stand out. I, uh, Back to Alonzo's personality. You're right. There's there's some there's some silly stuff there, but maybe the biggest compliment that I can give to any baseball player is, man, he loves playing baseball. God, when when he hit that walk off homer, like the way he celebrated, it, it is little league vibes. I, I know Jimmy says that he's he's a big kid, but man, I I just love that to to have that out of that guy every day um, is a real treat, and I. And I and I guess uh, kind of spinning off of him a little bit is uh, it McNeil, the other guy that uh, we we were laughing about being silly the other night, or or I think the term you used was not cool. Um, not yeah, it was uh yeah the opposite of cool. <laughs> it was last night. Yeah, he did this little like you know <laughs> yeah. Will Ferrell dance after a home run. After the heckler in San Francisco said he needs to do some lower body lifting because he's got no pop, he goes deep, which was beautiful. 
Is, uh, he is very uncool. He's his nickname is the squirrel. Like, yeah. that's not a cool nickname. No, but, <laughs> no. But is is him being back to the three eleven, three sixty four, eight oh seven, just tough m effort to get out? Is is that one of the bigger changes and feels of 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 this year's Mets team? Yeah, that's a, he's a significant reason why the Mets are as formidable as they are. Um, they they improved in every aspect, and and from Buck and the front office on down, the style of baseball that they play is way better of a brand of baseball. But what he does on the field, especially at the plate, is the epitome of why they're winning, and more importantly, why they're not losing all the time, because. If you have a team that does all these, you know, home runs, you're going to go in streaks and win seven, eight in a row when guys get hot. But when they get cold, you can lose three, four, five in a row. What what Jeff McNeil brings to the plate uh, and, a, you know, a majority of the guys in that lineup outside of Pete is an ability to just put the bat on the ball. If the defense shifts them, they are going to get beat because he's going to do what it takes to win the ball game to get on base. And he can do it at such an amazing skill level uh, that it's so fun to watch. Yeah, he'll like. I remember when I would face Ichiro, and Ichiro's the guy outside of Freddie Freeman that I faced the most in my career, especially in the first part. I would get him to roll over uh, and roll over to second base, and then he would beat it out. But it, the difference was that I didn't get him to roll over. He rolled over on purpose so bad because he he knows how to control the bat and he knew his own speed. So that's kind of what Jeff McNeil's doing. Uh, he'll hit the ball over third base on purpose with a half a swing. He won't strike out. Like it's just a style of baseball in today's world where the pitchers have amazing stuff, but they don't know exactly where to put it. He's going to foul, foul off the really nasty ones. And then he's going to hit a mistake and hit it for a double in the gap. And so he just keeps that lineup rolling over. He keeps the pitch count of the starter going up. And then he can also, you know, turn and burn, put a, you know, his OPS is ridiculous for a reason because he can drive that baseball too. So he's just an electric style of player. He's not as uh, little league because he'll drop some F-bombs uh, here and there. Uh, but he's, he's, he's a really fun style of baseball that I missed watching for the most part. He's my favorite kind of hitter to watch. Um, so it, he's definitely an absolute spark plug for this, for this uh, lineup. Love it. Jake, see, you, Jake sees a lot of himself in McNeil. <laughs> well, I see a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Pete Alonso and Jake when he's when he's got the blitz ball and it's, you know, the bat ready to go. I, I see the babe. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, I could see Jake's that. got a lot of nailer in him. Kind of my body's kind of a miniature Josh Naylor, like. Little. I can see you. I can see you going absolutely bananas after you you you're screaming at the hecklers because you'd be inviting to the hecklers. You'd be like, yeah. "Yeah, let me hear it." And then when you got them back, you would definitely let them know on that kind of level. It's not. A I think Jake's done that without hecklers. It's not a phrase. It's not a phrase I like to use. And if you have kids in the car, uh, maybe turn it down for a second. But yeah, if you're gonna try to heckle me and then I get you, I'm gonna face fuck you. Um, I'm just going to. So that's what you're opening yourself up for that. That's what yeah. you're allowing. That's the same reason why, like I'm all for today's game of, of bat flipping and doing the swords and celebrating punch outs. That's fine. 
I would never do it personally uh, unless it's a big moment in the playoffs or you're making a run. I wouldn't do it because then that invites the guy to show you up in reverse. And it's just not my style of game. If you do it to me, that's fine. I'll I'll remember that. And when we come up and face you the next time, I'm going to strike you out and I'm going to feel really good about it. I might give you a longer look, make sure I might give you a little wink on the way off, but that's just between me and the, the hitter. Um, but I'm all for the showmanship. You want to let it eat, let it eat. It's all about entertainment, man. You got to put a good product on the field. Mm. I, uh, I like it. Let I, it eat. You fed me so a lot of eating stuff. Well, I'm hungry. Once, uh, I, I'll give you a quick compliment and then kick it to Jim. I, I'd say once a month, uh, I get impressed by Trevor and his playing career. Hopefully he's not listening to this. Usually the two things that spark it is he went second deck at Yankee stadium and uh, he faced Mariano Rivera, which I'm like, Jesus Christ, like he was in the box. You casually saying like early in my career, my my matchup was Ichiro. I was like, all right, Jer. All right. All right. That's not bad. That's, that's, bad. that's, a, that's the that's the that's when everybody, you know, one of the things when you're a pitcher, who's the best hitter you've ever faced? Uh, my answer was always Ichiro, like I because he could do so many different things. I think Freddie Freeman is like one B to his one a now um, because he just hammered me and I had no answer on how to get him out. But those are my two guys. It's not bad. That's not bad. Do you know, there are two uh, to end the Mets segment. There are two players in MLB who have played 44 games so far this season. And they're both Mets. Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor. That's wonderful. And again, that's, that's, that's a tip of the cap to both of those guys. You know, I love Aaron judge and he is on a different level uh, of a player, but one thing Pete Alonso has done that Aaron judge hasn't done in his young career is play. Well, you might be walking into uh, a counterattack here though. That's okay. I, it's not an attack on anything. I think Aaron <laughs> judge is a, a special player. Uh, but Pete Alonso is he's in that lineup every day. Um, and that's one of the best things I was going to say about, about having the DH now in the national league is you're capable of bringing, giving guys kind of days off, but keeping their bat in the lineup. And if there's anybody in that lineup that the Mets need, it's definitely Pete Alonso because they don't have power or haven't had power production from anywhere else. They've done it with small ball. They'll get the occasional home run, but he's been been that solid lineup piece, and he's done it for, you know, three years now. He's every single game been the four-hole Mets hitter. It's one of my favorite stats going in baseball right now. Just don't have to think about it. Like he, They're taking all the thinking away from Pete Alonso. It's, it's beautiful. It's, in the four again, hole, it's... Judge got it. Get, judge, uh, plays defense so he's running in the outfield now he's playing center field so that's my counter to like you know no i i get it easier to stay healthy for alonzo Um, uh 100 agree first base is all a completely different animal uh i have nothing but respect for judge he's an incredible you know player uh and again it's he's playing a more premium position i think first base is kind of underappreciated as far as being a good defensive position because when you don't have a good one over there it sucks uh and you you know it you're like man he is botching it up like it's crazy over there uh but you know i aaron judge is an incredible player but pete alonso is in that lineup every day just locked into that four hole 
like you said, but that's what Buck Showalter does. If a guy needs to move around, he'll move him around. He'll be thinking, you know, playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. But having that home base of Pete Alonso hitting cleanup is <laughs> makes everything a lot easier. I didn't realize Lindor had played every game. Only three DH days. That's 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 awesome. Uh, on on the Mets for allowing that and and mixing it up nicely, and for Lindor for going out and playing every day. I like that. I hope that comes back more. I already paid him. B two. <laughs> I already paid him. Um, I guess. I guess anything. You know, we hit the kind of the hot button. Mets topics there. Uh, I don't know any, any guys that we need to deep cut. This is talking baseball. These are people listening to hours of baseball content every week. Who? What are some yeah, of the man. deeper cuts on the Mets that that we need to we need to know about or be talking about more? Uh, some deep cuts. So uh, Luis Guillorme is an extreme deep cut. He is uh, he's hitting like three thirty right now. Um, he's been a glove first kind of ball player, like a utility man come in. When your shortstop like Francisco Lindor needs a needs a breather, he'll go in and play on game two of a doubleheader. You know, he can play third base, he can play second base. You know, he's kind of frumpy a little bit in the body. He's got like a, a the big beard. the The number one thing he's been most known for, I think, is that one of the coolest things that's ever happened on a on a baseball field is he caught the bat that got thrown into the dugout in spring training, just like a complete badass move. Um, but he's really coming into his own. He is 27 years old. He is playing that stellar defense. He's bounced around playing third base and playing second base and playing shortstop. They're completely different positions and you have to come in with a different mindset and he's playing them on a gold glove level. Um, and he's also absolutely raking. And for a guy that's basically was on the borderline of making the roster, He's in that lineup every day now. Like that's what Buck Showalter is doing is keeping it merit-based. So if you're worthy of playing time, he's putting you in there. And Guillaume has stepped up in a big way and the team around him, there's nobody that's bitter because he's playing over top of them. Everybody's like, Hey man, you earned this. We're pushing forward. So that would be the first guy. Love that. Yeah. John yeah, Boy he's Media a, fan. He is yeah, a big yeah. time John Boy Media fan. Yeah, he's uh, the longest at bat he had. He's like a highlight reel with the glove. He's awesome. Yeah, so guy, he's a good one. I asked uh, Jolly, your co-host on on Shea Station, and Jolly does a lot of other great stuff uh, with us. I asked him, like, you know, what is it? What's What's been the biggest difference besides personnel, but, like, in style? And he said, he said a lot of guys are having long at bats, like good at bats. And I think the, the under Eddie Escobar's, in the top 50 for pitches seen per plate appearance he's averaging four, which if you're in the force, that means you're going to be upper echelon of the, of the league. Um, his stats aren't great, but there, that's, a, that's a way to help. Uh, he's, he's doing it. You can tell he's kind of frustrated with the results, but he's doing it as a part of a team. he, I feel like every time I watch his singular at bats, he there's always one pitch that he takes that changes the at bat, like a one, one backdoor slider that never gets there. And it's called a strike. And you can see him go, are you kidding me? Like the, again. And I feel like that happens to him at least twice a game where he's taken the pitches. 
I think he's about to just go off. I think he's going to go put together some some really good at bats because he's still contributing, like you said, but he's not um, not dominating. And nobody really is outside of you know McNeil and even Alonso's not. Alonso's doing so. I want to give you you might know this name, Eric Chavez, the new hitting coach mm. for the Mets. You know, former teammate, a little name drop for you, Jake. Former teammate of mine in Oakland, an incredible person, a great human being. He's got these guys feeling so comfortable in their approach at the plate. Guys are taking a lot of pitches, but they're not letting juicy balls go by. They're looking for a zone, and if they don't get that, they'll they'll work deep. They're hitting the ball the other way in a shift. You know, they're getting the guy over to third base with less than two outs. They're doing things to win a ball game, and you can see them that they're always thinking big picture. They're never worried about their personal stats like game to game. They're thinking about at bats and they're just they're doing all the little things that when you're when you're a super fan of the team and you watch almost every pitch when guys hustle down, you know, on a ground ball or they they really, you know, chase after a foul ball or your outfielders are backing up uh, on a pit like a rundown guys doing the, the little things. That's what this team has been doing. Their lineup has been doing the little things and they're just playing a, a really appreciative, really finite fundamental game of baseball. God, now, now I'm going to have to watch some Eric Chavez highlights tonight. Thanks, Jer. Got to love it. Man, third six, base. Six straight gold gloves for that guy. Never made an all-star team. Damn. Damn. Wild. That's crazy. East Coast bias a little bit there, but he was a slow starter. Was he competing with A-Rod? A-Rod, uh, who else was over there? Um, Adrian Beltre. So that's kind of a good, good third baseman. If you're into that kind of thing, Ploof. Ploofy. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jerry's laugh. That was Jerry's laughs. Hey, speaking of Trevor Ploof, uh, I got to tell you guys about Roman really quick. Um, Roman, uh, cause he's in Italy. Cause he's in Italy. He's in Italy. And the Roman knows, uh, Jerry proud Roman knows, man. Um, himself uh you guys are familiar uh with roman uh we've talked about them a lot on here uh and they actually want us to talk about uh their tea support we're talking testosterone um roman tea Ooh. support is meant to help men maintain their body's natural testosterone production that stuff's important people uh it's a proprietary supplement formulated by roman's in-house doctors you can't Find this blend anywhere else. How about a little ashwagandha for you? That helps your healthy testosterone levels. Magnesium, we're familiar with that. Sure, support muscular health. Vitamin D3, one of Jim's favorite movies. A fat-soluble vitamin that plays a role in bone health and supports several cellular processes. Roman offers flexible monthly plans with free two-day shipping. What you need to do is go to GetRoman.com slash talking today. If you get approved... You'll get $15 off your first order of Roman tea support. That's getroman.com slash talking. Go check them out. $15 off. How about that? Support your tea. Was that ashwagandha? That's ashwagandha, yeah. Ashwagandha, yeah. Yeah, of course. Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. No, they actually had a bad showing in uh, in 2018. It's a... Uh... It looks like it's an evergreen shrub that grows in Asia and Africa. Um, common use 
commonly used for stress. So, okay. All right. Great. I'm Common in. stuff. I'm in. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll change, uh, Change the tone a little bit, uh, Jer. Uh, yeah. This was uh, this was the big topic on baseball. We talked about it beforehand, and um, you know, at, at this point, this is coming out on Wednesday. Uh, baseball moves quick, which um, I think in this situation, uh, well, I don't know if you want to say it's a good thing, but uh, became the story of baseball. Uh, Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson, uh, and and what went down. Donaldson got a one game suspension. He's appealing it. Um, you know, we kind of had some of our opinions out there and, and me and Jimmy, we also, uh, and you said this too, like we, we like to listen and kind of get Joe's opinion. And he, he put out that great video and I know you check that out too, but I also know you, you were teammates with Donaldson. So you, you have some, you know, more layers of the onion to peel back. So, so what, what do you got? Yeah. First of all, like Joe's opinion, he pretty much nailed kind of how I feel about it without having that that kind of insider's perspective. Uh, I grew, I came up with Donaldson. We came up with the A's I actually were drafted by the Cubs and then came up with the A's together, played with him on that 19 team in, in Atlanta. Um, so I kind of have a little bit of backstory on him. I don't want to dwell on this topic. It's been covered enough, but I just want to give an insight to him. I would be, let's just say Donaldson is the kind of guy that, I think the term inside joke was misused and kind of being run away with a little bit. Um, it's not an inside joke. It's a joke that he probably took to, because he thought what Tim Anderson said about calling himself the modern day Jackie Robinson as an absurd statement to make just because of how historical of a figure. And I think he's just, he's the guy that like, if you said something stupid in eighth grade, he's going to bring it up to you for the next 40 years of your life. If you live next door to him, or if you're around him, he's going to remind you of it. And so I think he was just taking that approach, obviously in the context of all of the, the racial subtext that goes in and, and, and him, apparently the guy's not liking each other, or at least TA definitely not liking JD. JD doesn't, he doesn't take any of that into context. He's just like, Hey man, I think you made a silly comment comparing yourself to one of the greatest American historical figures, not to mention hall of fame baseball players. Uh, so I'm going to make fun of you for saying that name. Um, you know, that's just my piece on it. I, I, I like Jay-Z, JD. He's still a friend of mine today. Um, I don't think it was racially motivated, but again, I'm a white guy. Like it's not for me to say how it was interpreted in any sense. Um, so I'm not saying one, one guy was wrong. I would never knowing that the possibility of it being taken out of context for me, I wouldn't have said something along those lines, but that's not JD, but I loved what he did. I think he handled it. Didn't try to fight. I think he said, Hey, let's have a conversation about it because I think that is really important. If you want to grow, the only way to get smarter, to get informed is to have a conversation about it. I wanted to like, like commend him for saying, Hey man, if I offended you, I apologize. Let's have a conversation. School me. You know, it's, it sucks for the black players to have to instruct and, and educate white guys, but without us knowing any better, you know, sometimes you got to have a conversation. And so I just wanted to, to show support for a friend of mine and say, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, you can learn from things and move forward. I think it's a, it's a good thing for people to talk about. 
I think it's, I mean, I think it's, for me, it's a situation that's pretty clear. Uh, you can understand what happened, or at least how I'm drawing it up. Like Tim Anderson has a whole article where he talks about what Jackie Robinson means to him and says all this poignant stuff and then makes a quip about how he's, he's doing the same thing with the fun barrier. He's like the Jackie Robinson. And we don't get video. We don't get audio. We have no idea if he chuckled while he said that. It just becomes the only quote people know from the article. And he probably had to eat that for a while because you talk about the Braves clubhouse making like, you know, using it as like, oh, you're next Jackie Robinson, huh? Every time they see him on the Bates Pass and giving him shit. And he probably in 2019 was mad at the way that that whole conversation got framed for the public and to just boil down one ridiculous uh, quote that he had to have players like Donaldson that he's not cool with use it as like inside fodder joking, you know? Like, yeah, oh, this yeah. Is my, this is my entry into busting his balls. And, 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 and that's exactly it. And JD, like I still, even in 2019, I'm not going to be the guy to say anything to him because I know if I say, oh, Jackie Robinson, huh? Like it could be misinterpreted or come yeah. across that way. But JD's the guy that says, I'm going to treat you like I would treat, you know, if Blev said something silly and said he's the modern day, oh, my slider's like Randy Johnson's today. He's going to bring it up every day until the day I die or he dies. Like he's just going to make it remind yeah. me of the silly thing that he thought I said. So, but then, know. but, but then I think it's three years later now, Tim Anderson has had a lot of really good baseball. You know, this was back in 2019 and now Tim Anderson has won a batting title. He's a stud at the plate. He's playing every day. He's got to deal with Tony LaRusso when he gets hired and there's racial, his racial past, and that becomes a topic. And, uh, and then, and then it's just like, and then this fucking guy, Donaldson, who he had a fight with a week ago in Chicago and he didn't say it then, but now he's just going to be buddy, buddy and drop the same tired quote unquote joke. Um, and then, yeah, I think it, cause, cause, um, T.A. never said it was racist. Uh, Tony LaRusso was the one that said it was racist. He just, T- Anderson just said it was disrespectful. I'm like, I'm, uh, I, I don't want to be treated that way. So, yeah, I understand. And, and, it, and the undertones there are however, however Tim Anderson wants to see him, however people want to see him. But I think it was more, I think it was more so like, I'm not your fucking friend. And you don't get to make this joke for three years in a row when we're not friends. I agree. I think that's all it was. And JD's like, Hey man, it's not a joke. I'm trying to make you feel silly because you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit because it had been so tense. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know, but I thought I, you know, it's, it's an important topic to talk about and to, to the only way you move forward is if you have a conversation and I think it's important and I'm proud of Donaldson for wanting to have that conversation. And I'm, I'm with TA. If he says, you know, it's not my job to educate you. I'm here. This it's over. Don't do it again. And and that's enough. So whatever you want to do from there, uh, that's the case. So glad we really talked about that because this is fun for talking baseball. Thank you. know, this is good stuff. Hey, no, I mean, man, I mean, pe- people honestly wanted us to dive further on it. And it, yeah. it was one of those things when, you know, on Monday when we're, when we were initially recording, talking baseball, like, you know, uh, there was a lot of thoughts out there. And again, I, I don't think 
ours were necessarily the closest to it, but you know, I, you you mentioned to me a story about Donaldson last night busting busting some relief pitchers' balls, and it you know is it was kind of of the same ilk, but different, and that's why he's he kind of got himself in trouble here. So, um, and but you are right. I mean that the honesty kind of on both sides about it. You're right. It, it should lead to the point where we can have a conversation about it now and get better going forward. And and there's your solution. So. Yeah, I was feeling like, you know, really a certain way about it. And uh, I'm a Twitter guy. I don't have any long format. And this is not something that you want to write a tweet headline about. You don't want to put out a piece there. And so, you know, I bided my time. I did what Joe's did and wait for some press conferences, some guys to say what they thought about it in the post game, and and really have a little longer form conversation. So yeah, I think it's important to talk about the, the the problem is all the subtext that people just pretend like everything's okay. But if something comes across like this, how do you get smarter? How do you learn anything in this world is to talk about it with people that are more intelligent than you or on the same kind of level and you just speak about it and learn from each other. So I think it's really important. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's head to kind of the the final segment of the show. And it's brought to us by the Mizzen and Main Backyard Golf Challenge, which is funny enough because uh, Jerry Blevins was a big part of that with the other guy, I think Pierre Moylan. Um, Moylan. Pierre Moylan. French-Canadian. Pierre Moylan, one of the first French-Canadian baseball players. Um <laughs> They were wearing their mizzen and main. Uh, Jerry, I, I don't like to give compliments, but your reads on the mizzen and main um, were unmatched, um, unbridled, uh, another good word. I learned that when I used to work at Red Robin. Um, mizzen and main, uh, the clothes, Jim and I are comfort guys, the comfort and flexibility of their athletic wear. It's perfect for golf. It's perfect for hanging out. Uh, I mean, we were in the, in the desert doing some chip and putt and, and the boys look clean messing around with, uh, some studs, man. I mean, uh, our guy, Matt Olson was around Chad Pinder, uh, Happer got in there for a little bit. Who, who else do you bang it around? Hater. Hater was Hater. out there. That's right. Uh, Matt, yeah, Chapman was there. We had, we had, you know, for everybody that's either about to get traded or got traded came through, uh, and touched Joe's in one way and got out. Yeah. God damn it. Trader Joe's, uh, go check out our backyard golf videos, uh, on our YouTube and, and go, uh, go to mizzenandmain.com. Use code JOHNBOY15, get 15% off. Mizzen and Main's good stuff. Little teaser might be a part of Well Dressed Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, we love Mizzen and Maine. They get it. They have some fun. They had fun with us. So go go to them, mizzenandmaine.com. Uh, code JOHNBOY15, 15% off. Um, True story. I wore their shorts all weekend on my little mini vacation. I went down to uh, like a little country club with uh, my wife and another couple. I didn't get to go for two weeks on a European excursion. Yeah. Uh, like Trevor Plouffe. So you can tell there's levels to everything. Uh, he's well, on Plouffe, another level. Plouffe went to Italy. Where, where'd you go again? Uh, West Virginia. Okay. I went to the place called the Greenbrier, which is actually pretty badass. I've never been before, but uh, not Italy. Well, it's the Italy of the States. <laughs> That's, I've heard that. I've actually yeah. heard that. West Virginia, the Italy of the States. 
Mm. Start away. <laughs> they don't even say that. Yeah. They take that as an insult. Yeah, West well, Virginia. Who does? West Virginia is more mad than Italy about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's good. I'm glad. I, I my whole goal today was to to hear uh, a BBD chuckle in the background, mm. and I've got a, I've heard a couple of them. Big big fan of it. It's yeah. uh, what part of the magic, you know formula that makes talking baseball so good is bbd's giggles in the background the gigs he's our, he's our laugh track he uh, the laugh track that's right he loves a good uh uh guy who hits lefty and throws righty so he appreciated the eric chavez stuff too um so that's a little that's a little inside bbd there um jim what, uh, how what about the rare how about the rare uh hits lefty or hits throws lefty hits righty yeah do you Who's know any that? of those off the top of your head? Uh, I know Ryan Lamar. <laughs> okay. Anderson, I believe, was one of those. Who's that? Ricky was one of those. Ricky, Ricky that's the, yeah. you know, coming up with the A's, Ricky's the man. And uh, you see him out there, it's the rare that he hits bats right-handed and throws left-handed. You're wi- He's wild. Uh, arguably the greatest that? baseball player of all time. I love Ricky. What, uh, Jim, what you got swirling on up there? You got a, a nice little smile going on with your beard. What are you thinking about? Well, my dogs are going crazy. Hope you can't hear them. But uh, uh, I always wanted to ask Jerry because we asked him about the Mets and he said that I, I would like the style of ball they're playing. And I do try to tune into Mets games because I get two games and when the Yankees aren't on, I usually put the Mets on because they're fun to watch right now. So I have seen a, li- I have seen a little bit, obviously not nearly as much as, as you or Mets fans. But then I've been really diving in and I said this on the last two recaps. I've been really diving in and watching highlights of, you know, the condensed games of every game from whatever league I'm covering. I'm talking baseball. Sometimes I, I used to like just find moments and, and then hunt down and make sure I've seen the actual footage of that moment. But now I've just been watching the condensed highlights. It's pretty time consuming, but I've enjoyed it because I actually feel like I know more. And I told Trev and Jake that I think, we're in a really good spot with the brand of baseball that's being played early on in the season. I, I think more home runs are going to come as it gets warmer. We already saw uh, in Baltimore, left field wall uh, got got a couple times in, in, in the warmer weather. But you talked about how the Mets are just kind of doing everything and, and balls in play. And I don't know the stats on it. I looked up some. But I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that because, you know, when Judge came up, it was 2017. It was juice balls. He breaks the rookie of the year homer record. When Alonzo comes up, the balls are even more juiced in 2019 per the stats, and he breaks the record. And in 2019, the balls were too juiced for me. I remember guys were getting oppo homers that just were not home runs. And they tried to de-juice them last year, but they fucked up, and they said shipping was down due to COVID, so we had a mixed batch of balls. Now, you have Mets players are still saying the balls are mixed and you don't know what you're going to get. I think most most people agree the balls are more dead this season than before, and the the data and science backs that up. I'm a fan of what we're seeing right now. I think we're seeing so many balls in play leading to chaos than we have in the last couple years when it was really three true outcomes. So I'm interested in your thoughts on just the style of play, if you've noticed what I've noticed and, and if you enjoyed it or not. I have noticed, and I do enjoy this brand of baseball, and I, I love it. And uh, you talked about Pete Alonso. I'll give you a prime example because Pete Alonso does what 
most guys can't do. He's a, he mashes home runs. It shouldn't be it eliminate what this this kind of dead ball they're calling like the 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 not juiced ball. It gets rid of those guys that like hit all right, but they don't have the ability to hit 30 home runs. Like when I came up in 07, 08, 09, those first couple of years, if you hit 30 home runs, you were like a home run hitter. You were one of, you're a Giambi, you're a Tejada, you're an A-Rod. Like you are these huge presences in the, in a lineup. You're uh, maybe going to the home run derby. And then towards the end of the, the teens, like you get guys that you're like, that guy is not a home run hitter. He just knows how to barrel the ball up. And the balls were so juiced that they were getting out. And so you saw a lot of the guys that aren't home run hitters, start to do the the lift the ball. They started talking about launch angle because these guys that are marginal power hitters are all of a sudden 30 plus homer guys. And so with the juice ball going away, all those guys that would fly out to the warning track, they're realizing that that's not their style of baseball. And they're starting to put the ball back in play. You're starting to see more action. You're starting to see better defense in turn. You're starting to see more action on the base paths. And then you still have guys like Pete Alonso that still mashes 30 plus. You're still seeing, you know, uh, uh, big boppers still be, but they're now more significant because it's so much more rare to have a guy that could put up 30 plus. So I think it not only does it make the everyday game better because you're seeing guys that don't hit home runs actually start to try to put the ball in play and be able to, to have bat to ball skills, but you're also seeing it guys like Pete Alonso and Aaron judge and Manny Machado have uh, more of a, a significant role and they're being more, you know, more appreciated for their power ability. And I, I like that brand of baseball better. I think it's just more entertaining to see more action. And then when you have a guy like Pete Alonso come up, you're like, man, I would love to see a home run here. And it not, you know, I love Christian Yelich and he's one of the greatest players uh, for, you know, that, 10 year segment, what he did in, and against me in Baltimore when he was in Miami, what he's doing in Milwaukee is amazing, but he's just really good at putting the bat on the ball. And then the ball would just fly out. He could still do that, but now, you know, those, he's not going to hit 50 home runs anymore unless he changes his style of play. And so you see guys like him start to just go back to putting the ball in play. And I think it's just a better, more entertaining brand of baseball. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there's a handful of guys that now things are starting to become more and more outliers, whether, you know, not to throw my guy Glaber under the bus, but do I think he's a 38 home run guy? No. <laughs> um, I, how about my two favorite teams? Everyone knows me as a Yankees and a Snakes guy. Uh, Cattell Marte, incredible baseball player. Um, he, uh, I, I think he put up 32, yeah, 32 home runs in 19. His career high outside of that is 14. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I, I do think there's a little bit more of a middle area. There's still been some balls hit this year. Obviously, there's going to be outliers, but uh, our guy Jazz Chisholm, who was just on Chris Rose rotation, he said, you know, he, he put a couple charges into one. I think they were 107 and 108 off the bat. He's not as big as Pete Alonso, sure, but when you catch one like that, the hitters feel like they deserve a reward. So uh, I'm interested to see how it develops, but no, I mean, the – Contact and speed is a more entertaining brand of baseball than big flies and strikeouts. We'll see. We'll see like a, a 107, 108. Like you said, uh, Jimmy, earlier is when the 
when the weather starts to warm up, you're starting to see those balls fly a little bit farther and get out. But but it eliminates all those like BS home runs that are like, you know, how many again, it's the short porch and right. But of those three home runs that that uh, Rizzo hit at Yankee Stadium, not one of them was hit 100 miles per hour. Like, again, that's a short porch, but you're going to eliminate those style of home runs where you just didn't get it like so I think it's going to emphasize the power hitting home run guys. You'll see, you'll see the guys that can truly mash be appreciated. And then those Cattell Marte, who's an amazing baseball player. He's he, he shouldn't try to hit 30 plus home runs. He should try to hit gap to gap and he'll run into 15, 20 of them. And that's just, it's a simple fact that, that he shouldn't be a 30 plus home run guy. My thoughts. We got to the point where 20 meant nothing, nothing. It's nothing. wild to me. 20 used to be the big deal. Like 20, if you got 20, 20, like that was an amazing feat. And then you just have 30 being the new 20 and it wasn't even a big deal. Like you, Oh, you didn't hit 30 last year. Wild. That's way too, that's way too far the other way. I kind of like it where it is. I think again, once the weather heats up, you'll start to see those guys, you know, the one Oh seven off the bat, depending on the launch angle, obviously, um, is going to be a home run and that deserves to be a home run, but you're not going to get the cheapies. And those are the ones that just ruin the brand of baseball because then everybody tries to hit home runs. Yes, I agree. I think the Yankees had a year where I think in the 2019, the Yankees had like eight guys hit 20 home runs or they had, what year was it, Jake? They had 20 home runs from every batting order position. Yeah. Something like that. But that's okay because they're the Yankees and they probably paid their guys to, 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 to do those home runs. But still, you know, you think about Brady Anderson's 51 during that, you know, that crazy run in the Orioles. And that was a juice of a different style, but this is you're, you're, you're cheapening the ability of guys that hit home runs because everybody hits home runs. And so I just feel, I feel like if you want to promote stars and home runs are really cool, the the less you water down that kind of yeah. ability, the better it's going to be to promote those those stars. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the better way to look at it. Home runs are awesome and they should be a big selling point. But when everybody's hitting 25 home runs, you just actually water down your biggest selling point instead of heightening it. But more than that, I th- I I in my perception, at least teams have understood in these cold weather months that they're not going to win games on the long ball. And we've seen hit and runs um, a lot of first to third, a lot of just putting the ball in play. Joey Gallo has more. He has a say he has the same amount of opposite field singles than he had all of last year. Wow. So I don't know. I, and I, and I think that's better for the game. Like, I think they they were focusing on the wrong things. They were like, you know, l- length of games and more home runs is going to make it more interesting. And I, it's pace of play and balls in play, and 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 running the bases. Well, like they the were, fact they, that we went away from running and stealing, stolen. Everyone that wa- pays to go to a game is going to perk the fuck up when a guy when a runner takes off to steal second. Well, you want to know, like, you, you think about, like, your superstars when you're a kid looking up to, like, you know, players that play. 
uh, they weren't even playing the same style of baseball in the big leagues as you were playing in a ball. Like, cause the balls were different in high school. You're playing a different, you're playing a completely different game. Like if you're playing basketball, you could still hit a three pointer like Steph Curry. He's not all of a sudden dunking from the three point line. Like you're, there's still a, a, somebody that you can look up to and be like, I could style my game after that. Well, when everybody's hitting 25 home runs and the leader on your little league team has two, you can't like pretend to try to lift the ball because that's just, you, you can, you can do a Steph Curry jump shot, but you can't do, you know, the, I don't know, the, the, the lift and separate like you're, or you're going to pop out to second base. So I just think it's better for the kids to watch how to play the right style of baseball. And it's, I think it's just going to trickle down. And it's, I think we're at a golden era with all the superstars that are coming up the Juan Soto's um, you know, all the, the young, super, really talented athletes in the, in today's game with Adley Rutschman just coming up. Like these are, it's a really exciting time to be a fan of baseball. And I think we're at like a new precipice for the baseball world to be, significant in the American culture. Again, I'm just really excited about this time of baseball. I agree. Also makes me laugh to like certain teams didn't care about defense anymore in the infield, <laughs> like legitimately would sign guys and then just play him. You know, I'm thinking of Mustakis when I think of it, but there's other guys too. Like what? Well, like Justin Turner, it's like at second at in times when the shift, like we don't care. You know, we don't care your ability to move left or right or react to the ball. We'll just put you there. And we're getting, and I think next year with the shift regulations, we'll get away from that too. But I mean, I, I love baseball. I still very much enjoy the sport, but um, I do, I am excited for defense and speed to come back into the game. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you take away running bases because you're like, don't go anywhere, you might get thrown out because one of the guys behind you is guaranteed to hit a home run. It's not worth it. And now you're seeing guys try to take that extra base, try to steal bags. It's just a better, more entertaining, fun style of baseball. I, I love it, man. I'm excited for today's game of baseball. And you still have the traditional, you know, home run. Literally, home runs the coolest thing to do in all of sports, like hitting a home run, especially like a walk-off. I'm so jealous that I was like only a pitcher for the most part. I love pitching. It's still my favorite, but I never got to hit a home run. Like that would be amazing. Like it's literally the coolest thing in all of sports. Did you have pop? If you took BP, did you have pop? No, uh, I could, I could run, especially when the juice balls, I I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bat to ball kind of guy. I grew up um, my field. I played on in, in Ohio. There was a railroad tracks and left, center field. And that was like the home run. And so I never learned to pull the ball batting left-handed. I always tried to hit it to left center field. And so when I got to high school, I literally didn't know how to pull it. So I have no pop. Plus, I don't know if you've seen these biceps. They're not really like, they're not built for uh like quick bursts of speed. I'm more of the long, you know, I've got the Jacob deGrom body uh, mm. minus the hundred mile an hour fastball. Wiry. Wiry. <laughs> I think there's been more home runs hit this year than last year already uh, in the same amount of days and times too, which is interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's the numbers again, this is a small sample size, but it just feels like a different style of baseball. And again, I'm, I'm obviously focused in on the Mets, but they're putting the ball in play. And then the guys that are hitting home runs are hitting home runs because they're power hitters 
And then you have guys like Mark Canna, Eddie Escobar, you know, Francisco Lindor even uh, are, they'll run into a ball here and there and they'll, they'll drive it, but they pick their spots on when to try to hit home runs. And that is more conducive, but you see a two out or a two strike approach. Uh, it's just a f- more fun watch as a fan. Last year was full blown sticky stuff early in the season. There's always something baseball finds something. A way. We keep you guessing, man. Baseball finds a way. No, there's less. Sorry. It, right now there's, 12 1225 home runs and like i'm just not doing games doing days since opening day since we started different uh last year there was 1422 so 200 more last year than this year and in 2019 there was 1623 so we're 400 home runs less than the juiciest of juice ball 2019 the juiciest of juiced balls. Mm. I'm glad that was my last year. I, I should have waited one more year to get the non-juiced balls. Tough. I most of the ones I gave up were no doubters, no matter what ball you're throwing. But that's you know I make you get I make you earn them. Was 19 the three batter minimum first year? Yes. That? Yep. I threw um, with a three batter minimum. Um, the way the Braves used me it was really cool. Uh, they I would come in and fish an inning or start an inning. I'd take like I'd have three, four, five is left, right, left. And then I would chew those guys. And then everybody behind me would come in. So I need you like pitching like last out of the inning teams still do that. I don't, I don't think it's made for, it's made for less pitching changes, but I don't know if it's made for better strategy. The, the loogie was on its way out. The lefty specialist was already on its way out of the game when they put that rule in place, just because of how much talent there is in baseball. Now from the pitching side, it's so much easier to get better at pitching because of all the technology and the slow-mo cameras and the just spin rate. You can, you can tweak your pitches in real time. It's wild. And so guys throw a hundred now. And if you can throw a good curveball and and spot your fastball, it's harder for you to, to get out in the big leagues. Um, I don't think so, but if you're going to choose between a guy that throws 89 or a guy that throws a hundred, I mean, that's an easier decision to speak to the media afterward and be like, well, he throws a hundred, like we got the loss, but that guy has electric stuff. So it's just more talent. It was already on its way out. I hate it because, you know, we talked about how good book show Walter is. Anytime you take a, 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 chance for Buck Showalter to make a decision about the game of baseball, I think is a bad move just by, you know, I want to see him have an effect uh, because he's smarter and it's a legitimate advantage to have on your team to have a guy like that making the choices. So, you know, as much as I love the DH, uh, I think it's the best move. I still do miss the double switches. Um, I got my hit in the big leagues, so I'm happy it's here. I'm glad it it was around uh, for me to play national league. That's this. This guy right here mm. is my pride and joy. That's my big league hit. Um, wow. l- literally through like 500 innings in the show, but this is what I care about the most. <laughs> I think, I think that the the other rules that they also changed would have fixed the the problem, and they didn't need the three batter minimum. And that being shortened September rosters, you can't just have all 40 guys available to you and then they haven't been able to really implement this until i think this coming month but if you're a four-man bench that's what they're covid ruined that rule but they're eventually going to get there like 
you have to have a four-man bench and you only have this many pitching spots, those two rules would have fixed the problem that we were seeing by the Rays and the Brewers and some other teams that were using multiple pitchers for one batter at a time. Or I even think that would have been a better rule. Like, you can only use one pitcher a game that gets that only faces one batter. So if you have a, a Joely Rodriguez and there's a big lefty spot up, you use him, but every other pitcher that you bring in has to face three. Yeah. I think that would because then it would still create that one-on-one battle when it's like Boone Logan versus Ortiz. All right, this is his fucking guy, like edge of your seat uh type situation. But it was the the managers that were using multiple relievers for just one batter in the same game, sometimes the same inning. I know the Rays and the Brewers did like three different pitchers in the same inning for three different outs multiple times with the September call-ups. That was like a major issue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it would, like I said, it was being antiquated uh, anyway, just based on how the game was evolving and it was already out of, you know, just an unnecessary, like I still, I've been thinking about this for two years. I have to put it out there now. Uh, So it just, again, it just takes away a, a managerial decision. Again, I, I made the end of my career off of facing only lefties because that's what I did in the NL East. But, you know, it, it was a skill that was, that was dying anyway. Oliver Perez is still kicking around because he's really good. But, you know, my, my style, the way I ended my career wouldn't happen in today's world. And probably just because there's so many guys that have just dynamite stuff in today's game. I just, I, if they yeah. take that rule back, I, I need you and Moylan to kind of do a joint video. Maybe a, we're, yeah. like, we're throwing like, this is me from the left side and then Moylan's thrown from here on the bullpen mound. And this is what you see the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, can you imagine us being in the same bullpen for a whole year? Like it would be glorious. <laughs> Day. Jolly's uh, one inning league team, the Jolly Jozos. Mm-hmm. They tried some Rugie and the Loogie type stuff on Jake in a game coming up. I'm interested if we, you know, if we run back. I don't know if uh, you and uh, Moylan want to pitch, but we definitely need, you know, some dual delivery situation. I'm in, man. I I don't think facing Jake is a, a proper sample for anything because the guy is the Babe Ruth of Blitzball, um, but. You know, maybe against the ordinary humans that are up there playing blitzball, I think that would be a better test run of any try to sample you're trying to get. Mortals, mere mortals. Mortals would be good for you. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, thank you for coming on. Hey, my pleasure, man. It was uh, we covered a plethora of things out here. I heard you guys use amalgamation. That was nice. That was I'm me. learning lots of stuff. That was me. I use that so casually you crushed it without having any idea if it was a real world word turns oh, out it really? was you nailed it too and i used it properly mm-hmm. but yeah amalgamation Just crushed it where uh shea station obviously where uh you got some sny stuff coming up what else you got yeah so i'll be covering you talked about the subway series i'll do the pre and post game for sny i've actually got i'm going to do the radio color commentary for the a's when they come to cleveland i'm in ohio here so when they come and play the guardians i'm just going to drive over and do the color there for that series which is really exciting i love 
you know, I love doing radio. It's a completely different thing, but I got to give the people what they want, which is this, yeah. like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to do TV. So my, I'm going to be in New York quite a bit, um, especially come late July through September. So I've got like a mini vacation coming up doing this stuff. Um, so I've been at home for a while, but it's about to kick back up. Beauty. Well, we'll Beauty. see you out here. What'd you say, Jake? I said we'll see you out here. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. 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 You guys got jams, like your music, your intro, outro. Shout out uh, Mikey Rotino. He does the Shea Station rooms too. Okay. All right. I like it. Feel it. Slapping bass right there. Mm-hmm. Bring the hair back. Come on. I don't have that time. It's pretty long right now. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, that's crazy. It just goes up. 